Beast Watch News, watching the rising beast of Revelation. This week's report is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to because since we've been back from Jerusalem for Passover, it's been very busy, some things have happened, and I am not able to produce a script like I normally do with all the links and all of that, which I like to do for you. So this week is going to be just me talking. And it's not going to be just talking about news because there's not a whole lot going on in the news. There's a lot of speculation about what Trump's peace plan is going to look like and so forth. Um, But really, not a whole lot is happening in the news that's different than what has been going on. So this week I'm going to talk with you about some issues that are going on in the body of believers especially in Hebrew roots believers but also this concerns Christian believers I'm going to call this the acid test let's go to 1st John 4 start at verse 1 and go to verse 6 I'm using the English standard version Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Yeshua HaMashiach has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Yeshua is does not confess Yeshua rather is not from God this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already little children you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world they are from the world Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are born from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because of the conversion problem that we've had here in our Aqaba community and which I reported to you was happening all over the earth actually, I'm still hearing reports of people in the process of converting to Judaism. It has become really, really important and especially in light of the coming Jewish Messiah who you know is the Antichrist we have to be able to test the spirits now some people object to this I recently have talked to some people who said well I don't like the idea that we have to test the spirits well John the Apostle was the closest one to Yeshua and he is the one that said test the spirits believe not every spirit he says but test the spirits to see whether they are from God and then he gives us the test by this you know the spirit of God what is the test that will help you to know the spirit of God 
Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus or Yeshua is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, we have people in Hebrew roots even that have trouble with this test. I have asked people in recent uh, months, in recent weeks actually, that um, do you confess that Yeshua is God in the flesh? Do you confess that Yeshua HaMashiach has come in the flesh? from God and they can't do it they can't say that Yeshua has come in the flesh and is from God this is a problem we have to be able to confess that Yeshua is God in the flesh not just that he has come in the flesh from God but that he is God in the flesh let me take you to John 20:27. 20, it says, Then he said to Thomas, that's Yeshua speaking to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him and said, My Lord and my God. So Yeshua is Lord and God and he came in the flesh. Well here's the deal. If you or someone you know can't say that Yeshua is God in the flesh then they are of Antichrist. That is the Antichrist spirit. One of the things that I get asked a lot by people is, you know, we have family that are not following the Torah. They don't do the Sabbath. They say they believe in Jesus, but they're not doing the Sabbath. They don't believe in this Torah thing that we do and so forth. Well, how we can know that our brethren and our family members are actually born again. This is the born again test. If you're really born again, you can confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is God in the flesh. And that when they can say that, then we know they're born again. They may be blinded by Yahweh, but they are His. Now you're going to find a lot of people in Christianity who can't do this. They cannot say that Yeshua is God in the flesh. Yeshua is God and he came in the flesh therefore he is God in the flesh. But those who cannot make this confession don't have God's spirit according to John because we get his spirit by being born again. 
These people who cannot confess that Yeshua has come in the flesh, that the Messiah has come in the flesh, he is from God, and he is God, as John says in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, they are practicing religion. They are not born again. Born again believers who are not yet aware of the need to keep the Torah will have his spirit poured out on them after the Gog Magog war. So don't fret over your family member if they are able to confess this. And if they are not able to confess this, then pray for them because this is a big issue. We've got the Antichrist spirit coming on full force among us and we need to know who is in our midst, who is in our fellowships, who do we have as friends that we think are believers but who really are not. Here's the deal. If we're not willing to separate ourselves from the Antichrist spirits and follow Yeshua, then we're not worthy of him. That is what he said, isn't it? Let me take you to that scripture. Matthew 10:37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So let us understand about being worthy of Yeshua. And let us not be afraid to do this test with people and say, Are you able to say that Yeshua came in the flesh, that he is God, and therefore he is God in the flesh? Are you able to say that? If they start to balk at it and argue with you and say, Well, he's the Son of God and and he's the Messiah and making all these other statements, there's a problem. Because in John chapter 1 verse 14 it says the word became flesh. The word is God and was God and with God and all of those things in the beginning. If the word was God in the beginning was and is still God now then Yeshua who came and put on flesh is God in the flesh this is the acid test folks and I fear that there are going to be a lot of people that cannot pass this test here in our Aqaba community we had some that we didn't do this test with didn't even think it was necessary but yet these are people who never talked about Yeshua as God in the flesh and when they were in the process of converting of course they would not even admit that Yeshua ever came but there was one man among them who now looking back on it he was trying to tell us that he did not believe that Yeshua is God nor that he is God in the flesh so we're opening up ourselves to a lot of danger if we're not able to put people to this test and if we're not able to pass this test in Romans 14:11 it says for it is written as i live says the lord l o capital l small o r d that's adonai 
Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to who? God. We shall confess to God. In Romans 10.9 it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus or Yeshua is Adonai, capital L, small O-R-D, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to read to you a an email that I sent to someone on this subject. Um, I want to start... Uh, here where it says in this email here is what Apostle John said about Yeshua in the flesh by this you know the spirit of God every spirit that confesses that Yeshua HaMashiach has come in the flesh is from God and every spirit that does not confess Yeshua is not from God this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already and then in Second John 1 7 it says for many deceivers have gone out into the world those who do not confess the coming of Yeshua HaMashiach in the flesh such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist there is a lot of testimony in the New Testament that Yeshua is God in the flesh but John taught us how to test the spirit of those who profess but who won't confess Apostle John's first chapter of his gospel tries to explain that Yeshua is God from the beginning but even some of the disciples had a hard time believing it this is implied when Thomas was told by Yeshua to touch his wound and Thomas cried my Lord and my God that's in John 20:28 that I read to you a little bit ago the Antichrist spirit is still tearing away believers who cannot or will not confess that Yeshua is God in the flesh. This is why this confession is so very important. This confession helps us to know which spirit is from God and which is not. And here's the thing people remember this only God can restore or renew the covenant because it was only God who made it therefore the only one who could die for the sins of Israel who broke the covenant is God he had to come in a human body as fully God and fully human a mystery we can't comprehend but one that we believe because we have his Holy Spirit to help us with it he came to fulfill the requirement that he made in Genesis 15 what was that requirement well that he would die for his people if they broke the covenant that God the smoking fire pot made with God the flaming torch in Genesis 15:17 folks this is the gospel that he kept his word him keeping his word to come and die for us God keeping his word that he would come and die for us that is the gospel to 
people or two parties that walk between flayed open animals means that each one of them is vowing to die if he breaks the covenant this kind of covenant is still used today in areas where primitive people live I mean in the west we just put ink to paper but in the ancient world it was blood and deadly serious business so God the smoking fire pot and God the flaming torch put Abraham to sleep and made the covenant on behalf of the promised people yet to be born and yes those people broke the covenant between God the smoking fire pot and God the flaming torch which meant that God had to come and die for us and die he did the scripture says that God raised Yeshua from the dead Yeshua died but he did not remain dead because the other party to the covenant was satisfied that Yeshua's death had fulfilled the death requirement of Genesis 15 thus God raised God who had died in the flesh in Acts 3 verses 14 and 15 to everlasting glory and he will never die again the next time he comes will be to judge not to die so we believers have gotten lax about this test but as the antichrist revealing comes closer and closer we find ourselves in the same position as the believers in the first century who also needed an acid test and that John gave this to them as the test so when John says in Colossians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 he says see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world those elemental spirits those are the demons of the world and not according to Christ in verse 9 it says for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily God dwelling in the flesh God in the flesh so let's not let this slip and now to that end we need discernment we need the gift of discernment in the Hebrew roots movement and in Christianity we need the gift of discernment there are a lot of people running around saying they have the gift of discernment but what they're really experiencing is personal feelings their personal Torah getting out there and I'm going to share with you some things about discernment and that versus personal feelings so that you will understand what I'm talking about for instance um, I've had friends who have said they discern something about you know the group the fellowship that you know they're in or whatever or they have a, dis, uh, a feeling about a certain person it doesn't matter whether it's the group or the person that someone has a feeling about 
The problem is that these people will say something like, I must protect my heart, I must protect myself. I don't feel like I should be coming to that fellowship or that I should be having anything to do with that person. I'm going to tell you that that is the wrong attitude. Why is it the wrong attitude? Well, all gifts of the Spirit are to be used for the body the edification and education and uplifting of the body the gift of discernment is the same Yahweh gives us discernment and all the other gifts so that the body can be edified and problems fixed so when the person comes with their feeling about a fellowship or a person and they don't have anything specific but that they they don't feel good or they don't feel the joy when they're in that fellowship or with that person when that's going on in them when it's all about their personal feelings and they don't make themselves part of the solution but instead become part of the problem by backing away from the situation they're showing personal feelings and personal feelings are personal Torah and it is bad fruit I want to explain to you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about now you may know that I was involved in an Arkansas group uh, Torah Kai uh, also known as Ozark's Hebrew Heritage Association they began to want to put the lamb's blood actually it was goat's blood on the doors on their door at Passover and the first time they did this I was just I didn't realize they were going to do it it was the congregation that I founded with about seven other people and I had been gone for a little bit for a few months visiting my son until from Sukkot to Passover and when I came back another family had come in and they had talked the other two elders into doing this Passover this way in 2012 and I was horrified when it happened I, I was caught unaware I did not know that that's what they intended to do in fact I had asked them if that's what they intended to do because they said they had the goat and they were going to slaughter it and all of that and I said you're not going to sacrifice it are you and put the blood on the doorpost and do all that stuff no 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 that's not what we're doing well then on the Passover day that's exactly what they did and so I had this awful feeling all during the next year I kept asking the father can I leave this group and he kept telling me no my discernment with them even though we talked about it and I understood from them that they were not going to do that again I had this nagging feeling that they were going to do that so here were my options I could leave or I could stay I prayed to leave the father told me to stay why because I needed to see the situation through 
to the end I needed to stick around until it had cleared itself up by someone actually committing the sin that my discernment was telling me was going to happen you see if I had left I would not have had opportunity to teach the rest of the people in the congregation the reason why you are not supposed to do this if I had left I would not have fulfilled my obligation to edify educate and uplift the congregation and here's the other thing I couldn't have done I couldn't have called them to repentance I did call them to repentance I told them they were not to do that ever again and they told me that I didn't know what I was talking about but if I had just backed away from the fellowship because I had a feeling then I would have not been using the gift of discernment for what the gift of discernment was given to me for I would not have been there to ask them to repent you see we have to give people an opportunity to repent in order to do that we have to stick around to see what happens that you know we have a feeling something is wrong eventually people are going to show you what's wrong if you have discernment so I stayed I wanted them to repent they refused to repent and when that refusal happened the father released me from that congregation so when we see people or uh, we hear people rather saying they have a, a feeling of, of you know there's something wrong or there's a lack of something or they just have a feeling and then they have to protect themselves by running off and doing the Sabbath on their own or joining a congregation somewhere else or you know just in general rejecting the place where they're having the, that feeling that what they call discernment when they do that they're just fulfilling their flesh they're not fulfilling what the discernment is meant for which is to stick around and see what happens listen we had a guy come through here in Aqaba I immediately had a bad feeling about him and I thought that it was discernment turns out he was a thief he came into this community to steal from people in this community which he did and then he took all that money and ran off with it all those people are out their funds when the time came for him to want money from us I told my husband I, I have a feeling that this is not what we should do but you see I didn't go to the guy I didn't say anything about having a feeling to him I just said to my husband this is what I believe well it turns out that I was having discernment but I needed to stick around and continue fellowshipping with this guy until such time as he committed this grievous sin so you see discernment is different than that personal feeling or that vague feeling that I just don't feel the joy 
I just feel like something's wrong. There's something amiss. I'm not happy here, and so forth. That's not discernment, my friends. That is your personal Torah. There's just something there you don't personally like, and you're just going to leave your fellowship and go out there and and uh, do what you want to do instead of what the Father wants you to do, which is stick around and be there to help fix the problem when it comes to the surface. You see, there is a real difference between the way people handle things and the way that Yahweh tells us to handle these things. Now I'm going to talk about who are the Palestinians. I keep seeing these videos on uh, YouTube that say that the Palestinians have no place in history. They didn't exist in history. They weren't there before 1947 or 48 and then suddenly, well, there they are. Well, the last one I saw was by a Christian pastor whose name I can't remember right now, but he was always all dressed up in his suit and he looks really credible and he's speaking with a a well-monitored tempo in his voice and and presenting himself as an expert saying that the Palestinians did not exist before 1948. Well, my friends, let me tell you, they do exist in history. I'm going to take you to some scriptures that prove that. The name Palestine or Palestina, as it's sometimes uh, translated in our Bibles, is found in Exodus 15:14, Psalms 60, verse 10. Psalms 83 verse 8 Psalms 87 verse 4 Psalms 108 verse 9 Isaiah 14:29 Isaiah 14:31 Joel 4:4 4, 4. Now that word Palestine or sometimes as it's called Palestina is Strong's 64.29. In Hebrew, it is Peleshet. It means, actually, migratory. And it says that Peleshet is a region of Syria, but also that it is translated as the Philistines. Well, that's kind of true and kind of not. So, Palestine, though, I want you to know, occurs in the Old Testament, but it does not occur in the New Testament. And the word variation, Palestine, comes from the oldest known historical reference uh, in the work of the Greek historian Herodotus. Now, he... He lived between 484 and 425 B.C. He wrote that Palestine is part of Syria along the Mediterranean coast. About 500 years later, though, the Jewish historian Josephus quoted Herodotus and and said in referring to Syria uh, owning Palestine 
that the Syrians that are in Palestine are circumcised. Well, they're circumcised because that area of Syria was actually down here. You know, in Gaza Strip is where the Philistines lived. And so they were known in that area as Palestine. The the uh, I'm sorry, the Pelachet, as the word 6429 Pelachet. And so in Israel has always been Pelachet. The thing about the word Pelachet is that the Greeks picked it up, and then the Romans picked it up, and they named all of Israel as Palestine even though in the in the New Testament there is no mention of Palestine ancient Roman documents mention Palestine here's what Wikipedia says about the history of Palestine it says the history of Palestine is the study of the past in the region of Palestine generally defined as a geographic region in the southern Levant between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River where Israel and Palestine are today so when somebody says there has never been a Palestine before 1948 they are either lying or they are not aware of the truth they did not do their history study another person that mentions Palestine is the 4th century church historian Eusebius who mentions Palestine in his ecclesiastical history noting that the Mediterranean coastal city Caesarea is in that region which today is central Israel just north of Tel Aviv so as I said the truth is that these Christians purporting themselves to be experts in this subject are either lying or they have not done their research the Palestinians have existed in the land even in biblical times and as I said I'll ask this question okay are today's Palestinians the same Pelachet as was present in Joshua's day uh, probably not today's Palestinians are probably people whose ancestors are from the southern and northern tribes both of which went into exile and both of which at least partly have returned and the various captured populations that were settled there by the Assyrians uh, populations that were comprised of people from other nations who were never meant to be in Palestine um, so nonetheless there has been a Palestine since the days of Joshua the DNA study that I have talked about a lot shows 77% of today's West Bank Palestinians are physical Hebrews but you know there's a uh, another truth that you need to understand about 
the northern tribes and the Palestinians. And, and the reason that I believe that at least part of that modern population of Palestinians today could be House of Israel people. It's because almost 200 years after the House of Israel's dispersion and divorce out of the covenant, the elders of the exiled House of Israel still sought Yahweh as an oracle. In Ezekiel 20 verse 1 it says in the seventh year in the fifth month on the tenth day of the month certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me and the word of the Lord came to me son of man speak to the elders of Israel and say to them thus says the Lord God is it to inquire of me that you come? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. So the house of Israel was still active among the Jews, even when they were in Babylon. It is common sense to think that some of them managed to migrate back into their home country. And you know, I have told you this before that by the time of Yeshua the Jews had a replacement theology about the house of Israel that completely replaced all 12 tribes with only the house of Judah Christianity has bought into this replacement theology of the Jews that says that only the Jews belong in the land and the Christians will say that Christians don't belong in the land they inherit heaven and Christians will say there never were Palestinians in the land you know until 1948 but we know that there were still house of Israel people in the land why? Matthew 10.5 says these twelve Yeshua sent out instructing them don't go among the Gentiles and don't enter the town of the Samaritans but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel now the disciples did not go and talk to people outside of Israel when they were going from city to city they were talking to people inside Israel they were talking to the lost sheep of the house of Israel that were inside Israel Yeshua said don't go anywhere among the Gentiles and don't enter the town of towns of the Samaritans why who are the Samaritans well you know there's a mixture of the descendants of uh, the Ephraimites from Jeroboam and some other members of the tribes there but mostly the Samaritan towns had been taken over by the Jews so today's Palestinians are that mixture of the lost sheep of the house of Israel and those Samaritans who were house of Israel and a mixture of Jews this is going to be very important for us when we come to understanding what Trump is trying to do in Palestine in the Palestinian areas of the West Bank with the Palestinians 
because the Jews wanting to deport all those Palestinians guess what he's do they're doing they're not just deporting house of Israel people they are deporting house of Judah people too you see now the Palestinians are not comprised 100% of Hebrew stock no there's some Arab stock in there and there's some Roman stock and Moabite stock and so forth but 77% of those in the West Bank are physical Hebrews now they don't inherit the land they won't inherit the land with the the house of Israel and the house of Judah that comes back after the Lord pours his spirit out on both houses because you have to become an Israelite you see you have to go from being physical Jacob to being spiritual Jacob that means being born again see we're going right back to where I started with the acid test You're, they're going to see the one that they pierced in the flesh and they're going to cry over him as if he were a firstborn son because he is Yahweh's firstborn and they're all going to know that the Messiah is more than just a man the Jewish Messiah is more than just a man he must be God because only God can fulfill the Genesis 15 promise so the truth is that Palestine is a word that just comes from the name Peleshet which is sometimes translated Philistine this name was used in the Old Testament it was used in Roman times Judea is never called Palestine in the New Testament and as for the house of Israel possible Palestinians house of Israel and you and I house of Israel there's a truth that I want to share with you in Ezekiel 11:14 that has to do with what's going to happen to the house of Judah as they follow through on making Israel just a house of Judah a Jewish state only Ezekiel 11:14 And the word of the Lord came to me son of man your brothers even your brothers your kinsmen the whole house of Israel all of them are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said go far from the Lord to us this land is given for a possession well let's stop right there because that is exactly what the Jews are saying to the house of Israel today I don't know when all of this is going to break loose I hope it breaks loose before I die I can't say that it will but I can see the fulfillment of 11 Ezekiel 11:15 right now where they're telling the house of Israel get away from the Lord to us this land is given for a possession but in Ezekiel 11:16 he says therefore say God is telling Ezekiel to say thus says the Lord God though I removed them far off among the nations and though I scattered them among the countries yet 
I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, they will remove from it all its detestable things and all its abominations. Do you know what that's telling us? That not only will we inherit the land along with the, uh, all the other tribes of Judah as well, but that when we come back, we're going to do a better job than the house of Judah has done upon their return. They are doing the detestable things and the abominations in the land of Israel today. But when we come back, when the house of Israel come back, comes back, we will remove from the land all the detestable things and all the abominations. So you see, there's a purpose in us being able to say, Yeshua is God in the flesh because it will enable us to come back and return to the land and in the meantime we get to have the spirit of discernment which will guide us in the process if we will hang in there with the people that we think we're discerning things about and work toward the kingdom instead of toward our own protection that's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.